Join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes. Every day I'll give you insights and encouragement. That's a year in the Bible, available now wherever you get your podcasts. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on and they're trying to figure out how do I deal with this and I always know Jesus has the answer he has that next step for you let's open up the word today and see what God will say specifically to you this morning I got up and I I went out and I, I, I watched the sun cresting up and 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 um I'm taking a little walk and I'm just I'm praying I'm talking to God I'm I'm having that time with him and and this is the principle that I've learned I've, I've learned that when I start my day with God okay when I plant myself in him and I and I just spend time with him it gives me the energy and the strength that I need to go out into the world and be the godly person that he asked me to be to love my neighbor. See, that's the principle of how we live as Christians. As a boy growing up on the farm, one of my many opportunities was to build fence. And what I learned was, if you're going to dig a hole and put a fence post in it, the deeper, the better. Okay? Now, you cannot fully appreciate this. You live in Ohio. In Tennessee, the odds of you finding a limestone rock larger than you can remove, okay? But see, if you and I will plant ourselves deeply in who we are in Christ Jesus, okay, then you and I will have the stability that we need to love the world around us. But if you think you're going to have the ability to love the world around you and not have Christ deep within your heart, ah, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. I invite you to, to get to know him. He said, be still and know that I'm a God. That I want you to know that's core to being an exceptional person. It flows out of that. You can't have the commitment that you need to be unless you're planted in the reality that because Christ Jesus died for me and I'm a new creation, okay, you can't love and lay down your life. You cannot communicate with people until you understand who you are in Christ Jesus and you say, okay, Jesus, thank you for dying and saving me, transforming my life. Okay, open up your notes. Let's get going. All right, here we go. We started with this verse last week. This is what it says, Romans 12, 2. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The goal here is not to create a 21-step self-help program. No, the goal that we're in the midst of right now is to invite God, say, God, I need you to transform the way I'm thinking. God, I need your help because uh, I'm not getting the results I need to get. 
We said last week, you know, we don't just abandon the relationships in our life because they're not working. We got to go back and say, okay, God, how do I need to change to work on this? And the invitation is to constantly go to God and say, God, would you teach me how to be the person that you've called me to be? You've designed me to be. And in the midst of that, that's what happens. Now, think about it. When Paul wrote this to the, to the Romans, okay, 2000 years ago, think about how many forms of communication they had back then. Well, we've got scrolls. (laughs) We know that. We've got talking face to face, (laughs) carrier pigeons and personal. And then you and I, here we are 2000 years later. I mean, we are so smart. We live in the communication age, the information age. I mean, we've got all these. You'd think with all of our ability to communicate, there would be world peace. Because after all, we've got FaceTime. It's like being there. See, the reality is this. The more communication devices you have doesn't necessarily mean we've improved our ability to communicate. I learned this when I was a little kid. I was so excited, so excited. I got walkie-talkies. I was going to be G.I. Joe. You know what I'm saying? And then I, and I get together with my friend and you put the nine volt battery in there. You got to test it first. You know, that's what makes it fun. You know, cause if you know if the battery's dead, it's not going to work. You know, and then you got your walkie talkie and they've got theirs and you're laying on the ground underneath a bush somewhere. Hey, good buddy. You know, and all you hear is. <laughs> See, we have this imagination that, that because we've got this piece of technology, it's going to, it doesn't. Okay. I'm not against the technology. I'm for it. It's very helpful. But at the same time, we've got to be honest. The technology has not always improved our communication, has it? So let's talk about communication. How do we know we're really communicating? So I've given you here a list, four levels of communication. Quick. Number one, surface communication. And then general information. These first two, you know how it is. So how are you? Great. And then you move on. That's surface, okay? General information. How are you? Well, my back kind of hurts, but I'm going to make it. All right? See, in terms of surface communication, I believe that a text or an email is helpful. In terms of surface and general information, you know, hey, while you're going to the store, would you pick up bing, bang, boom, right? But now let me ask you this. How many of you have ever had autocorrect mess up your day? Thank you. Thank you. Recently, someone texted me. They asked me a question. And I was like, well, I don't know. So I tried to type in. I don't know. And it sent out, no, idiot. That is not a good pastorly response. It took six more communications to solve the problem. You've got to be careful when it comes to technology to think that you've really communicated. Because sometimes printed words are not enough. And sometimes autocorrect will stab you in the back. Now look at these next two forms of communication because now we're getting deeper. It's called deep feelings. 
This is when people begin to share what's going on in their life. The next one is deep needs. Now someone has gone to the ultimate level and said, they've gone beyond sharing what their feeling is. Now they're sharing, I have this need and, and, and I don't know how. And let me tell you something. As a Christian, Jesus is the answer. Okay? Jesus is the answer. And, and that's, what, that's, why, that's why this is so important. Because if you get up every day and you and I are, 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 are with God, okay? We know that we're fully loved, we're fully accepted, that my heart and God's heart is one heart because he's transformed us and made us strong in Christ Jesus. Then I can walk out into the world that day and I can be available to people at whatever level of communication they're ready to step into. Okay? But there's some problems. There's some realities we got to face. There's four barriers to communication. There's some people that have withdrawn. They've withdrawn. They've been wounded, a past experience, something has happened. It may be even something with you. And because of that, they've withdrawn from you. And that's part of life. People have withdrawn. So how do you and I overcome that? You need to know something. It's through you being a good uh, listener. To listen is to love. Jennifer's taught me that. To listen is to love. And, 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 and see, maybe you just listening to them, being kind to them, will open them up. The next is escalation. What this means is this. Suddenly, this person, they, they, they've kind of, they're, they're like intense now. <laughs> because they've had such bad experience in the past and, and whatnot. Then it gets worse. It gets to the point of belittling. This person now begins to speak negatively whenever you're around them. And they're, 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 they're belittling all the people around them. They're, they're becoming more and more toxic until finally they just have this false belief about the world around them. Everything about them is coming off negative. Had a friend... Recently, I was talking to him, and he's so excited about his new job because where he used to work, it had become one of these toxic cultures. Everybody every day was just talking about how they hated their job. They hated the people they were working with. And he said, every day, I had to get up, put on the full armor of God, and go into work and look for positive points to be a light in that place. And he said, I did not leave. I did not look for a new job until God told me, no, I'm giving you freedom to go now. Okay. But he said, it was my ministry every day to love on those people. See, I don't know, but, but think about this. Let's, let's say, let's say you're a teacher. Let's say you own your own business. Let's say you, uh, have, have got a team that you're on at work. I don't know what it is. You're just, whatever you're, what you, you get up every day and you say, Oh Lord, I thank you that you've designed me. You've called me. This is the day the Lord is today. I'm loving God and I'm going to go out to that classroom today. I'm going to go out to that workspace today. I'm going to go. I'm just, this, I'm going to be with my family. Whatever it is you're going to do today. Okay, Lord, show me how to communicate. The restorative, loving power of God in the world around me. But but I'm just not that kind of person. That's not my personality. Then change. 
Repent. Well, what do you mean? You want me to be different than I am? Well, it says that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Come on. Do you think Jesus saved you to be a grumpy old Gus? To withhold love? To be unkind? See, Jesus' invitation is for a new way of thinking. And that's what we're stepping into. It's a new way of life. And I'm telling you that exceptional people, wherever they go, they have this perspective on life that is pulled down from heaven into this world. And they sprinkle it. You know, like, like when you're, when you're, you're spreading sugar over the top of a, of a great dessert, that Christians, wherever they go, they're, they're spreading the love of God because it's part of who they are and God can heal that in you. Exceptional communication. What is it? It's intentional. That's all it is. It means every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to be intentional today because see, The most important thing in life is people. You know that, right? Jesus taught the three three lessons right there together. He did the, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. And each one of those lessons, he's trying to say, lost people matter. People matter. People matter. Your number one mission, my number one mission every day is how can I Share the hope and love of Jesus Christ wherever I go. Well, one of the best and most powerful ways is with communication. I'm going to talk mainly about what comes out of your mouth. But you also need to know, when you are listening to somebody, you're communicating with them. By listening, you're communicating. You're valuable. I I, I think you're important. I'm giving you my time. I'm wrapping my arms around you and loving you when you listen to somebody, okay? But today I'm going to focus on what comes out of your mouth as part of communication. I want you to be intentional. Look what it says in Matthew 12, 36 and 37. This is from the message. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. (laughs) There'll be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Good. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and save me. Lord, forgive me. See, that can be your salvation. Words can also be your damnation. We could say some awful things. What's the point of all this? The the point is to be careful what comes out of your mouth. Be intentional. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Well, the, the way to avoid that is to give it a little bit of thought before it comes out. And so one of the things that you and I have to do is we have to make an adjustment. I love this. George Bernard Shaw, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Oh, man. You've had that happen, right? Well, but you said this, but by your body language, I interpreted this. My body, it needs a workout. You shouldn't be listening to that. You know, so look at this responsible communication. What does the Bible teach us about responsible communication? I love this. This is James. Remember, James is the brother of Jesus. This is what he says in in, in chapter three, verse eight. He says, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. 
Oh my gosh, pastor, we just need to give up and go home now. It's not humanly possible to change our tongues and we're, we're done. No, what James is saying is the only way your tongue can be changed is with the power of God. If you think that we're going to sell you a special juice and you drink it every day and suddenly your words are better, I mean, that'd be a great con. See, that's not what it's about. It's not about you learning a skill set or something like that. There are some skills that are going to be learned in here, but it's an invitation to say, hey, God, I recognize that my tongue is not what it ought to be. Could you help me with that? Now, why it's important that James says this, the reason this is so important is James was Jesus's brother. In the Gospel of Mark, it tells us when Jesus' ministry was starting, he's teaching in Capernaum. He's in somebody's house. It's packed. And James and another brother of Jesus and his mother, Mary, the one you know, they're standing outside and they're saying, he's not feeling well. He's gone a little batty. Send him out and we'll take him home. You know, that's not really very inspirational, is it not? Not very supportive of a brother. Yet James later, the one who thought Jesus had gone crazy, becomes the center of the church in Jerusalem. He's their go-to man when they try to solve a problem. He says, do not make it difficult for the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 13, 14, and 15, they deal with this. He says, do not make it difficult for the Gentiles to enter the kingdom of God. Without James, who knows what would have happened to you and me, the Gentiles. Keep reading. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse him. We curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness out of the same mouth Come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. What, what he's saying is, is what you and I already know. We can say awful things to people that we love. And he says that shouldn't be the way it is. He's inviting you and I. The scripture is inviting us to a transformation which only God can bring in our heart and in our life. And, and you say, well, how do I do that? You ask him. You say, Lord, I, I, know, I know I don't want to talk that way. Because we all know what it's like to say something we shouldn't say to somebody. We feel, the, we feel the, the hurt when someone says something unkind to us. And then we have the ability to turn around and do it to another. Only God can cure this issue. But you have to be willing to let God help you with that. And you also have to recognize you need it. I don't need a doctor. I'm just going to stay at home. I'll get over it. <coughs> that was me a couple weeks ago. Just like, you got to go to the doctor. This coughing is driving me up the wall. All right, 1 Peter 3, 9 through 11. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So God says, turn the other cheek again. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil 
and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. The invitation of Scripture, the invitation of God is for you and I to use words that bless and encourage wherever we go. So how do we do that? We become intentional every day. We get up. We spend time with God and say, oh, God, I thank you. You're going to give me the strength for the day I have today. And then we step out in the world around us and we say, okay, I'm called to be light. I'm called to be life. I'm going to be an encourager. I'm going to be a blesser. I'm going to, be, I'm going to speak. And I'm going to give you seven categories of speech, seven types of words that will add life and, and communication. Remember last week? And when we talked about how commitment is really important, because commitment, well, let me tell you something. These words, if you will use these words at home, it will enable people to trust you. If you will use these seven times of words every day, your team at work, they'll pull together. They'll, they'll, they'll see you value them. They'll know that, 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 that I'm not alone. I'm I'm. I can feel secure in this place. Now, what does that do? When you, you start using these words, this is what's going to happen. The oxytocin that we talked about is going to start flowing. People will start bonding. And the next thing you know, they're experiencing the presence of God. And people will actually ask you about the kingdom. First one's is praise. You know what praise is, right? Praise is when you finish this sentence in a positive way, all right? You say, you are blank. You you are so strong. You are so intelligent. You are always so kind. You have a gentleness about you. You are just the best at solving quadratic equations. That's a good one in algebra class, all right? And see, praise as you are. In, in, in Proverbs 25, 11, I love this verse. A word aptly spoken are like apples of gold and settings of silver. I want you to think about this. What do you think an apple of gold is worth? Wow. And then it's set in leaves of silver. I mean, is that not something beautiful? Now, if you gave me something like that, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Odds are great, I'm going to go sell it because that's worth millions of dollars. I'm out of debt. Jennifer, oh, she's like, that's too pretty. And see, words aptly spoken, think about this, are like apples of gold and settings of silver. And when you say the right words to people, you know what you do? They suddenly have a treasure that goes up on their shelf and it gives them a constant reminder, a source of strength. You're helping them plant their life deep. So you're a teacher and you work with kindergarten students and you walk in there every day fully filled up in your tank because you love God. And then what do you do? You just begin to pour words of life into those young people. Wow. You're a warehouse manager. You're full of life. You step onto that warehouse floor And love just pours right out of you into a team of people. They feel secure in life, and they can grow. You're called. This is Pastor Doyle Jackson for The Church Next Door. Reading the Bible is important. It's something that every Christian should do. It will transform your life. It'll help you grow spiritually. It is good for you. 
join me for a year in the Bible. It's less than five minutes every day. We'll give you insights and we'll encourage you. So read the Bible with me and join me daily. That's a year in the Bible available now wherever you get your podcasts. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. You know, prayer changes our lives. Prayer of agreement is powerful. Well, we're together right now. What are we waiting for? Can we just stop right now and take a moment to pray? Let's take a moment and just agree in prayer for this weekend's church services throughout our community. Lord, I thank you that as as we uh, we go into this this week, we know that that Sunday is coming. That church services are coming this weekend. And Lord, I know that many churches meet on Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Tuesday and Wednesday. We meet throughout the week, but I pray right now that that you would show up at our church's worship services. Lord, I, I pray that the churches throughout town, throughout our city, throughout our nation, throughout the earth, that they would seek you, that they would seek your guidance for their individual lessons so that the church might be built up and established in a unity. In, in Ephesians 4, it says that that's why you give us pastors and teachers and elders and leaders, Lord. You said that we might be built up, that we might be unified, that we might be strengthened and grow, that we might grow to the full measure of the faith, it says. So God, we're praying right now for this week's services at church. We're praying that that every small group that meets, every youth group that meets, that every Sunday school class, whether it's an adult or a children's class, Lord, whether it's a recovery group, Lord, that they would give people freedom and life through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, let us not rely on human effort. God, we do not want to be humanists that believe that we have the answer. Jesus is the answer. You are the Lord of life. You are the healer. Wherever you went, Jesus, you you taught people, you healed people, and you forgave people their sins and delivered them. And that's what we're praying the church will do this week. We're praying that the church will, will share, like candy, the good news of the gospel the teaching, the healing, the deliverance. God, may we see the churches in our community grow and may their services be vibrant. May the reputation of the church be righteousness, peace, and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for praying with me. You know, I believe prayer is powerful. We should pray first and ask questions later. And if you'd like to be a part of the prayer ministry or part of this ministry, I ask you to go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email address, and we'll give you our free ebook. It's a prayer guide, a daily prayer guide right there for you every day. Be a part of the ministry of The Church Next Door and Your Next Step. Your Next Step is a ministry of The Church Next Door in Columbus, Ohio. Your prayers for us are always valued. But to financially support the ministry, visit thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. That's thechurchnextdoor.org and click on Give. Of course, we'll be glad to send you a gift of thanks in return. For more resources to guide and grow your faith, you can visit doylejackson.com. That's D-O-Y-L-E jackson.com. If you need prayer or have questions, text us at 888-644-5433. 
888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time for Your Next Step.